listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Alive Again at Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to talk about Rainbow Bridge. What's Rainbow Bridge, you ask? Well, for those in the United States, it's the place where your pet goes to, as Coco says, have a vacation or a stopover. And to those in Japan, you go, we've never heard of it. We have a Rainbow Bridge River. And to those in other countries around the world, it's sort of like, uh, what? But in the United States, Rainbow Bridge is considered the place that a pet who's going to pet heaven goes. And it comes from a poem that was written many years ago by an unknown author. And everyone basically has a copy of the Rainbow Bridge. Well, since our show is about Alive Again, we think that Rainbow Bridge only covers half the story. And you're going, what? Rainbow Bridge is an icon. You can't say it only covers half the story. Yes, I can And here's why I say Rainbow Bridge only covers half the story. Because a pet comes back. They return from Rainbow Bridge when they reincarnate. Right, let me say that again. Reincarnation is real, and when a pet returns from Rainbow Bridge, then Rainbow Bridge, the poem, is just a halfway mark. Now, a lot of people write lots of articles on Rainbow Bridge, and many are really well written, except to always monitor them to look and go... Um, where's the part about returning from Rainbow Bridge? So when you read a Rainbow Bridge article, it's really important for you to think to yourself, hmm, that's only half the story, because a lot of people take their pet, put it in Rainbow Bridge, and that's it. And they are stuck in a generalized grief for the rest of their life or being when they think about that pet, because they haven't been exposed to the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. And the rest of the story is return from Rainbow Bridge. So after a break with our sponsors, we'll be right back. We'll transport back into the metaphysical right after these earthly words from our sponsors. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back. Now, for you who are listening to the show and you heard me say return from Rainbow Bridge is the other half of the story, let me be very clear. 
Not all pets do return from Rainbow Bridge in this specific lifetime. Some are God animals, and if you look on our pet reincarnation blog, you'll see an article about God animals. So you'll give you a little bit to learn and expand your awareness, and some pets have finished all of their incarnations. So they do go to Rainbow Bridge and they stay. What we're trying to express today is the concept of Rainbow Bridge and to give you the consideration that your pet might come back from Rainbow Bridge because not all of them do, but a vast majority of them do come back. It's part of the cycle. Now, when I say the vast majority of them do come back, let's also be even more specific on that. It may be in this lifetime or it may be in another lifetime. But just like humans who evolve lifetime after lifetime, incarnation after incarnation, your pets also have various incarnations. Sometimes they've had past lives with you. They skip this incarnation and they're in a future incarnation with you. So they have periodic time frames that they return to Earth to share their journey with you and to learn their lessons that they came to learn. And sometimes those incarnations or lifetimes match up, and then you've got a comeback kid and a return from Rainbow Bridge. And other times, those incarnations don't match up, and you may have been together in a past life. They come and visit once in this life, and that's it. And then they're going to meet you again in a future lifetime. So not every pet comes back from Rainbow Bridge in every incarnation at every death period. But a lot of them do, and we want you to hear about all the dreams that several people in our group have had, and Coco is going to tell us about it because she and several of the other people have had this dream, and it's really remarkable because in our group, and hey, we invite you to our Facebook group. You can see it. It's the little click. You can click on it above our podcast if you're listening to this show, and it'll take you right to the group and press join. Now, we have the group closed because of the sensitive nature of the souls in our group who've just lost their pet and their emotions are raw and we try to honor their sensitivities but come on in and you'll hear from all over the world our discussion and join our like-minded group of people who believe that pets do come back whether in this specific incarnation or another incarnation and that's what we talk about and we have individuals from all over the world talking about it and what fascinates me most and Coco is going to share this with you right just the next moment about how people from all over the world had the same dream and saw the same thing come on over to our group and you'll hear someone from Uruguay and from Pakistan and from Chile and from Europe and from Alaska all of them have had different dreams or the same dreams about the same concept all right, Coco, you're in charge of the dreams. Take it from here. Thank you, Brent, and um, welcome everyone to another wonderful show. Yes, it's pretty amazing. I had a dream several years ago after my cat, Jem, died, and I, I sincerely just thought it was a dream and it was beautiful. I dreamt I was in white. My grandmother, who had also passed over, was in my dream, and my auntie, who's living, was in the dream, and it was very lush and green. Um, there was a creek at the end of it, like a hill, and um, beautiful white flowers, very, very blue skies, but it was vivid. The dream was vivid. And I was sitting with my grandmother and my auntie, and my cat, Jem, um, started walking towards me. And I said to my grandmother, I said, oh, look, there's Jem. And my auntie warned me, oh, don't pick him up. You know he's dead, so he's going to be cold. And I picked him up, and in my dream, he wasn't cold. He was very warm and affectionate, as he always was, but more so. 
and it was the white was almost sparkly and it was lush and green and, and the colours were just beautiful. But the sense of peace and love I felt in that dream was out of this world. And then I joined Brent's group and um, a lot of people have, have said very similar things. They've had dreams and it's always a lush green field, very blue sky, white flowers and a sense of absolute peace. And it's always with their deceased pets that they see walking towards them and then running off into the, the bush or the creek. But happily, there's no sadness in it. In our group, when we have thousands and thousands of members, we've had so many people talking about the dream that they had the night before or you know, a few months ago or shortly after their pet passed. And they're almost identical dreams. And that is, to me, I mean, it's too much of a coincidence when you're talking with somebody from Peru or France or America and I'm in Australia and we're all having the same dreams. So we're all being visited by our pets and they're showing us the peace that they're in at Rainbow Bridge. And it's just, to me, it confirms there is a spiritual holiday palace, so to speak, that they all go to. And it's not necessarily just, you know, at Rainbow Bridge is a term. It's not a real place. I think it's where peaceful spirits reside because my grandmother was also there. And, um, and she missed both myself and my auntie and my cat were all together. I think it's a place where, where spirits go to be in a restful, harmonious paradise. And there is and a I name, Brent, that you know more about, the Elysian Fields, which um, I didn't actually know that was the term. Well, the Elysian Fields are, again, what spirits and people who have had dreams keep describing. And the Elysian Fields are where spirits go to reside when they don't live on Earth. And I think Rainbow Bridge was the name given to heaven by a pet owner. And they think it was a Scottish author that did this, that when he wrote the poem, he, and this was like in the 1800s, like, 1891 and when he coined the term rainbow bridge it caught on and then yeah. people made rainbow bridge synonymous with pets but truly it's just to me as uh, coco was expressing it's about heaven or the place the elysian fields or wherever spirits on the other side reside and the other night and for those of you who are in the united states anderson cooper had a special on CNN called Heaven and Back, and three human beings died and were considered completely dead, and they went to the other side, and then they came back, which in human terms sometimes is called a near-death experience. And what the difference is between a near-death experience and a reincarnation is in a near-death experience, the same person dies, like on an operating table, and Half an hour later, they're declared dead, but 35 minutes later, they're revived, miraculously revived, and that's called a near-death experience. Then there are those who go to the other side and come back in the same body. Well, that's what the religions call resurrection. And when they say Jesus was resurrected, what they're saying is Jesus died, he went to heaven, and then he came back in the same body. Well, for those who believe in reincarnation, it's about the soul dying going to the other side and coming back in a different body. And one of the main questions I get is, what is the difference between resurrection and reincarnation? Because I always say, in my opinion, Jesus was one of the first reincarnated souls on earth. But the religious group says, no, he was resurrected because he used the same body. 
Now, if Jesus had come back in another body, they would have called it a reincarnation. So I think when they discuss a place where souls go, it's about heaven or in this Anderson Cooper special. Again, they showed and talked about the green fields, the just incredibly vivid blue skies and the sparkling white light. And all people who, and PMH Atwater has written a lot of things on near-death experiences, and all the near-death experiences describe this same presence of the fields and the sparkling white lights and the vivid clear skies and the sense of peace and abounding, abiding, and encompassing love. And it's just something that you They say it's just overwhelming that you just are not feared of anything anymore. And it just erases all fear, all trepidation. And everybody really wants to stay except those who've had the near-death experiences do come back. Now, those that are reincarnated, they choose to come back. And they choose because it's their time in this incarnation or another to return to life, to, since we're talking about pets, journey with their human on the earth school and the new lessons that they're supposed to share together. And one of the things we did in the group, we have always, there is more conversations going on in that group about different subjects. I mean, we probably have five, ten new members every morning and we welcome them in and then all the discussions are just constantly come to our group. And I mean, we've probably got four or five different major discussions going all the time. And um, it's really interesting and trying to keep up (laughs) sometimes will wear you out. But Coco had a wonderful idea that she asked our group members, what are some of the things that you would like to know about Rainbow Bridge? And Coco, you take it from there. Okay, well, I'll bring in some of the member questions that we've got, and and they are, as you said, they're absolutely wonderful questions because you can see that everybody's concept of pet death and Rainbow Bridge and reincarnation is very different. Everybody looks at it in a different way, and it's not until after a while that you get into these discussions and you learn so much more that um, it becomes death is not so as painful once you have that concept. So one of the questions from Julie, one of our members, asked, do they feel shocked, disoriented and betrayed and will they be at peace at Rainbow Bridge? Well, the answer to that is, I, and Coco, you go ahead and give your um, thoughts about well, this. My thought about being at peace at Rainbow Bridge, because I've been there, you know, and I'm putting that in double quiet, because I've been there, absolutely they are at peace. I don't have any doubt whatsoever that once they're free of the um, earthly physical ailments that they had and they're free, they're spiritually free, they're almost physically free too, I'm sure. It's just as good and, and they're definitely at peace. I don't think they feel shocked and disoriented be, or definitely not betrayed because we don't betray them. You know, this is part of their life plan that it's in their destiny to go at a certain time. And why would you feel shocked and betrayed if you were going to such a beautiful place? I agree. Now, but let me add some other things here. They don't feel shocked because most animals know 24 to 48 hours I mean, every living being, quite frankly, knows 24 to 48 hours before it's going to die. And the reason it knows and the proof in it knowing is if you can see energy or even if you can't see energy, if you put a meter, an energy meter on a human being's body as it's dying, you will see that the electromagnetic frequencies and the electromagnetic waves in that bodily gradually diminish. And as they diminish, the spirit leaves the body. So 24 to 48 hours 
humans, I mean, it's even written in the hospice manual where they say that, you know, sometimes they can tell that a person's leaving because of certain physical characteristics. Well, the characteristics they're describing is literally the energy leaving the body. Absolutely. I worked in palliative care in my last role in nursing, and you could always tell one or two days prior to them passing that they were going to. You knew there were human signs that were very much like memory moments with animals. And that, so feeling shocked, I don't think that's there. I think the human may be shocked because I think that they're not paying attention to the memory moments or they're so disrupted by the, I know when my pets died, I knew they were going to die. I understood that, but I was trying so desperately to save them that I was more shocked that it wasn't working and I was also didn't want to let them go. So the shock was more to my human system that I couldn't hug that beloved body anymore. And, you know, no matter how much spirituality you know or how much awareness you have, when they leave, that pain is there. And it's not going anywhere. It's just human pain, and that's part of the human experience. So I don't think that they're shocked. And disoriented, no. Because since we see energy, you can have a pet that dies at 5.01. We had a cat, Jackie Tierney's cat, TikTok. I mean, that cat passed away. You watched it go over the death line, and it did an immediate U-turn and went back into Andy's body as a walk-in. I mean, it was the quickest. It was like a Maserati turning around full speed and heading Uh the other way. And it was really interesting to watch. So I don't think they're disoriented. I think is that. Can I ask uh, a question when you're, when you're saying that? Yeah. Is there a particular reason why they would do an immediate turnaround and, and do a walk in like that? Yes. What would be, be the reasoning? Well, the reasoning being is that's when they were going to walk into that body, is immediately after death. That's another thing that's predestined. Yes. Because the walk-in's body, which we write about in our book on, under animal reincarnation, for those of you who've just joined us, we have absolutely the number one resource in the world called Animal Reincarnation, and it answers all your heart's questions, we hope. And in it, it talks about the walk-in process, and a walk-in process is a pre-agreed arrangement with another soul for them to bring a body to earth, and they stay in that body until you're ready to take it over. And you can... Google walk-ins, it's a phenomenon that was originally in humans and now it's also in pets or at least pet owners are now being aware of it. And the reason a pet would do a U-turn, now, Jackie's cat could have waited and gone, well, I'll go occupy the placeholder or the walk-in contract's body in a week, but TikTok didn't want to. He just did a Maserati U-turn and right back into Andy with a snap. So there was no disorientation there. And a lot of people think, and a lot of animal communicators will say, well, I just can't get in touch with your pet. They've just died and and they got to be disoriented. I don't think they're, you know, I can't write access. Well, what's really being said is I can't access your pet's frequency and give me some time to try and find it. So, you know, they put off the reading till another time till it's stronger. But here's the thing. If you can see energy or read energy, you can access the pet before they're dying, as they cross over the death line, and immediately on the other side. You can be talking to them going over the death line and going, ooh, you're going into negative electromagnetic activity. There goes your life. Whoops, there you are as a sparkler form on the other side. So, disorientation? No. It's just a matter of cutting the light switch off and flipping it back on on the other side. Because, again... So many people like to talk about this in spiritual love and light, and God bless those folks. But we're looking at this from a physics point of view. 
You turn the electricity on on that light switch, bing, it's on. You turn it off, bing, it's off. Now, where the most disorientation occurs is when an animal comes back into a new body on Earth. It takes just a little bit for them to go, whoa, okay, I'm an Earth. Hmm. Earth has got a much denser frequency here. Whoa, I need to adapt my electromagnetics to this new place because I've been hanging out in heaven and everything is like one frequency, very high, and I don't have to do anything. You just sort of thought process from one thing to the other and all of a sudden I'm down here in puppy land and I've got feet and it's like, whoa, what do I do with feet now that I'm not just a beautiful sparkle and whoa, I got to eat? Hmm. <laughs> What's that over there that I'm supposed to be, you know, whoa, where do I get the milk? I get the milk from that? And, you know, so all of a sudden they're having to like regroup from being in all of there is with nobody, no form and everything's thought process and everything is just manifested by thought processes, which again, all of these near death experiences absolutely confirm. And so the disorientation is not there. When it comes to earth, there's more of an adaptation than a disorientation. It's sort of like if I took you and dropped you in the middle of a brand new country, you're going to go, okay. I need to learn some of the local jargon. I need to learn sort of like what's happening, and I need to sort of readapt to be in this native environment. That's what happens when an animal reincarnates. He comes from all areas, and then, bump, they're right back, and it's sort of like, give me a week or two to get this down. Oh, this is just something that you reminded me of that was also on our group wall this week, is a couple of our members have stated that their animals sit and stare at themselves in the mirror. And I'm wondering if these animals are reincarnated animals who are admiring or questioning their current visual appearance. I think really what an animal's doing when it looks at itself in the mirror is just it's more like a entertainment thing. And I oh, think yeah. that it's because um, I know that my dog used to sit and stare at the mirror and watch me in another room. And, of course, he's a border collie, so he's liking the movement and watching it. But I think it's just more of an entertainment thing because it's not being fed back to them. And they're not thinking about another incarnation because you just, when you're looking at a mirror, let's say you stripped all the body from it. You're just looking at one energy pattern and another energy pattern looking back at itself. And so I think it's more of an entertainment. It's just sort of like children will walk by a mirror and go, oh, I feel pretty. Uh Oh, so pretty. You know, or, oh, my God, is that my hair this morning? I got to do something about that. So I just think it's more of a visual sight thing that's just entertainment. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. We have a question here from Johanna. And her question is, can another dog, you've already answered this on the wall, but I think it will be interesting for listeners to hear your answer. Her question was, can another dog that has already passed away take your dog's soul because of jealousy? No. And here's why. Every soul is a specific design. It's called the bio blueprint. That's the metaphysical new age word for it. So here's this every being, rock, tree, fern, rainbow, every live electromagnetic being has a specific snowflake design. So when the original pet dies, that original bio blueprint, the snowflake pattern, goes with that pet back to all there is. Now, another dog can't take it. Then he'd have two bodies living in one. So physicistically, scientifically, it can be done. All right. Second is love is not about jealousy and love is not about an animal coming back because it's angry. 
we had a real discussion on that on the wall. Yeah. Coming back is about love. It's not about jealousy or anything else. So can another dog that is passed take away your dog's soul because of jealousy? No, it is physically, uh, as in scientific physics, impossible. Because if they did, the pet would be dead. And what's the point of taking away a soul when it makes the pet dead? Yeah, my, my thought process on that question was that she had another dog that survived and she has lost one and the other dog is mourning the loss of the other one and because the other dog is in mourning, she feels that that dog's soul was taken away. No. So I, I think what she was going through was a physical mourning rather than um, and definitely not jealousy. Yeah, because if the animal's soul was taken away, they're dead. Yeah. It's like disconnecting the light switch. Take the soul away, it's dead. Yeah. Next question. Next question. Now, this is a rather good one because a lot of people do move in between once their pet has passed. This is from Julie. How do our pets find us even when we move to another state or country? How is it that they're able to find us at all? And does our love and desire to find them draw them to us? Okay. You want to answer that first and I'll come in behind you. To me, the answer is it's not our love and desire to find them to draw them to us because they are always with us. Yep. Their energy, their spirit, their soul is wherever we are. Yes. We can move to the other side of the world. They would still be with us because space is not a concept. Right. And on the plane while you're going there. <laughs> yeah. They're with you all the time. So, And it's not that our love and desire to bring them back draws them to us. If you have a contract, you have a soul contract, you are together to fulfill that contract, whether it's in this life or another life or, you know, they kind of come back to you, they're always there. So they may, and I'm an absolute witness to the fact that, as you said once when I was waiting for Joey, stop searching. He will find you, as he did. They're always with us. Totally agree. And, again, so the answer to the question is they didn't go anywhere. You're the one that's moving yeah. around. Yeah. They just got rid of the body. It's like they took the dress off and they're naked and all there is on the other side. And about finding you, excuse me, they're everywhere. How can they miss you? Yeah. Only the human body is limited to a specific time, a specific space, and a specific place. That's human body stuff. When they're in sparkler form, they haven't got to worry about that zippity-doo-dah there in New York, zippity-doo-dah there in Japan, zippity-doo-dah Yugoslavia, zippity-doo-dah you know, the Antarctic. So doesn't matter where you are, they're with you all the time anyway. It's just you're the one that mentally has put parameters around where their space you think might be. So open your mind because they're everywhere with you. Next question. Okay. Uh, this is also an interesting one from Michelle. I'd like to know about animals that are in natural disasters. Is this also pre-planned? And my answer would be yes. Unfortunately, it is so. It's sacrificial in a way that they are, and you've actually taught me this, friend, that these animals that are dying are leading the way and teaching us in future, as you say about the animals who abuse, they are leading the way to help humans prevent that kind of thing happening again. The same as natural disasters, that people become more aware after people and animals die in natural disasters. So in the next natural disaster that we are aware of, people take more care to prevent it. So the animals that are dying in these situations are actually huge teachers and professors in the universe teaching us, hey, next time there's a, a tsunami, 
make sure all your animals are, are safe and the animals that have died are our teachers. Yep, that's all I can say. Absolutely correct. Because every time that even when the 911 occurred, I said, someone said to me, well, what do you think about the people who died in the tower? Well, as a human being who had lost some very close loved ones, it tore my heart out. But as a spiritual person who looked at it, I said to myself, God bless each of those souls who chose to donate their lives to change the world. And so because our show is on Rainbow Bridge, all those pets go to Rainbow Bridge. All those people go to heaven. So whether they pass in a natural disaster or at a vet's table or quietly in your arms, they all cross the death line and go into beautiful all there is. And on that, we're going to take a break and be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are here for you. We're trying to make life with your pets even better. I know it's hard to believe that can it even be better than it is, and hopefully it's fantastic already. The goal here is to answer your questions, help you out with your problems, anything you really wanted to know, but maybe you're afraid to ask your veterinarian, or maybe it was just too expensive to go to your veterinarian just to ask a few simple things. So that's what you got me for here at uh, Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Call in. We'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Thank you so very much for listening to our show today. We try to answer questions and we hope that when you go away from our shows that you have a wider awareness and an expanded educational experience and at least one little morsel of takeaway of something you didn't know. If you're just listening to this show... 
scroll down. We've got 30 plus shows in the making with lots more in the backlog that are being put up on a weekly basis. And these podcasts, you can listen to at any time, in the middle of the night, when you're crying, on your treadmill, it doesn't matter. Now, while you're listening to all these, again, if you want to join our global live forum, active, I mean, happening uh, conversation about reincarnation, go to our animal reincarnation group. And that's the little you see it above. If you're listening to the show where you clicked onto this podcast, it's the little link right above the podcast and you can join us there. If you'd like to read about it, our book, Animal Reincarnation, has about 180-some-odd pages of answers for your heart, and it gives you a real basis to take away the pain, not necessarily the overt pain, but it gives you an understanding of death, so it changes. Would you say it changes your pain just a little bit, Coco? Uh, it takes away the shell of pain. It, it still leaves within, yes, but it lifts your heart out of the bottom of your feet you know like that's where you you seem to be carrying your heart around your feet and then once you've read the book and learned the lessons and and learned how to open up and accept it's like you, your heart is back in your chest again beating where it should be it, it's a very hard concept to explain but it does take that raw edge off because you have a greater understanding of the death cycle and yeah. you have a greater understanding of the processes before and after. So it doesn't look as raw as it does from the perspective of not knowing anything and just thinking that your pet went into, oh, where and how and is they, are they okay? Because all of those questions are answered in there. And it also teaches you techniques on how to touch your pet's energy and talk to them. And it empowers you to do this all by yourself. So you don't have to go hire anybody. You can take this little book all by yourself, sitting in a quiet room, and chat with your beloved companion. Now, As we I have, do all the time. Uh, the, you're Chatty Kathy over in your group, and I'm hoping that she is going to, I've asked her on multiple occasions, if she will <laughs> tape their conversations, and we're going to have a show on that. You have got to hear her boys talking. It is just absolutely fabulous. All right, you got some more questions here, I see. Yes, I have um, from Serena. Okay. We have two questions. I'll give you the first. If our pets don't plan to reincarnate for whatever reason, uh-huh. when we pass to the other side, do we go to Rainbow Bridge and stay with our beloved pets, or do we meet them there and they come to us? Well, Rainbow Bridge is heaven, and all spiritual beings or spirits go to heaven, whether it's Rainbow Bridge or whether it's heaven or whatever you want to call it. Yes. I agree with you. I think that Rainbow Bridge is the pet suburb of heaven. Yeah. You know, it's like the village uh, that's on the east side or west side or top side or bottom side of the entire concept of all there is and of heaven. So. Yeah. If your pets don't plan to reincarnate, well, they live in all there is. And if you pass into all there is, then you're both in all there is. Just your pet, according to your human mind on earth, calls their subdivision Rainbow Bridge. But when you lose your human body, cross the death line, and become a sparkler yourself, there's no suburbs in heaven or no subdivisions. You're in all. Yeah. All there is, which is why they call it all there is. And then, you know, some call all there is heaven. And of course you meet them. Well, all the, the near-death experiences that we, we read about, we read 
that as these people are, are making their way to you know heaven, that they are being greeted by family members who have passed over. They're there to greet them, and their pets are there to greet them. So my belief is that you won't have to go looking for them. They will be there to greet you as your spirit crosses and transitions. They're there with you because they're already there anyway, but they're yeah. going to actually help you transition as well. So they're always going to be there. Exactly. And another thing that you might want to present from the hospice side is even in the hospice manual in America, it's written that if you hear somebody who is a patient at hospice and they're talking about, okay, I met, I saw Aunt Martha last night. She came to me in a dream. They're not saying something wrong. They will tell you 60 to 90 days prior to a person's passing. And this is, again, one of the reasons that they're not disoriented. They know what they're doing at night when they sleep. They're visiting all there is on the other side. Yep. And I mean. The other side of visiting them. Yeah. And so is it written in the Australian hospice manual? Yes and no. I mean, they talk about it not in a time frame, not 60 to 90 days. It it depends on the state of of their health, if they're dying of cancer or cystic fibrosis, depending on the cause, the reason for their impending death. It can be various times, but not one of the patients I've ever nursed to the terminal state has ever not had that. They've all made the same comment that I spoke with my husband last night, I spoke with my grandchildren, or I, you know, there's people who have passed in their life and mm-hmm. that they've actually woken up and said, oh, so-and-so came to visit me last night. And one of the ladies, one of my last ladies that I nursed and, and she died when I wasn't there, she said that her dog was laying on her bed. Oh, wow. And a lot of the nurses were saying, oh, you know, she's, she's got dementia. And I said, no, she hasn't got dementia. She's, you know, touching the other side. They all thought I was crazy. That's, oh, um, we know I believe that's it. not so. Yeah, we, well, I may be crazy, but not about that. No. Yeah, well, but I mean, you know, if you're crazy, you're fun. Depends yeah. on if you're not harmful. But anyway, in this conversation, I think it's really important. That's the whole thing. Once you go into all there is, there you are. And I know that when Mike died, I was so afraid of death prior to his passing. And... Although the pain is still there, I mean, we're talking, you know, over 15 plus years later, inside my soul, I'm not afraid of death anymore because I know the minute I even think about it, he's going to be standing right there. Yeah. And there's a part of me that in the pain is excited about that because then I get to see him again and be with him. So I think that when you cross to all there is and you're in the stage if you have that opportunity for a long term because he passed in an automobile wreck and I didn't have a chance to say goodbye. And I think a lot of people who are in that 30 to 90 day window who have the opportunity to visit the other side and come back, they're really just sort of checking it out and having the people on the other side going, you know, it's really wonderful up here. You really ought to come because anybody who's gone to the other side isn't saying, oh, ooh, you don't want to go there. They're all yeah. going, it is the most profound love the most profound warmth you've ever had. And one of the ways I know about that profound warmth encompassing you is when Mike was killed, I had to go to his funeral. And my mother, being a Southern lady, had decided never to expose me to funerals You know, in her lifetime. She said, my daughter, I'm just not going to have her go to funerals. So I had, at that time, I was 50 years old. And when Mike passed, it was the first funeral I ever went to in my life. And I had already had to identify his body after the car wreck at the morgue. And never seen a dead body before until that day. I'd seen dead pets, but not a dead body. And what I realized when I got to the funeral, I said out loud, I had no idea why I was saying this. I said, Mike, 
I cannot do this by myself. I cannot go to this funeral. I've never been to a funeral. You're on the other side. My soul is just torn out. I can't do this. And all of a sudden, I felt as if somebody had poured the warmest, most encompassing. I was just okay. Everything was okay. I just felt like this warm feeling just washed all over me. It like wrapped me up in it. And I felt okay. And back then, I hadn't studied as many years as I have and researched about this now. But I knew inherently that was Mike and all those on the other side holding me in that peace and that warmth and that comfort and that permeating love that makes everything perfectly all right. And I was able to walk down, sit down, go through the service and come back. And I was coming back from the service. It dissipated. And I really wished it had kept staying forever and ever. But I thought to myself, okay, if that's what it feels like, I'm fine with it. And then when I watch all these near-death experiences, you know, all the people say the same thing. So I'm learning that what I felt pre-experienced, hey, I'm fine with that. What makes humans afraid and what makes people afraid for their animals is the horrific physical things they think they have to go through prior to passing. So the fear is not really about death itself. It's about the physical manifestations that create the actual death. Because the minute your body and a pet's body leaves that rental vehicle that you're in on this earth school, you're fine. You're happy. You're warm. I mean, it's a good thing. Now, of course, you want to come back if you're just doing this for NDE, but, you know, everybody's there. It's everything good is there. So it just taught me from that day forth, I was never afraid of death again. So I try to impart that when we're talking with pet things. The minute your pet passes, he's fine. Let's go party. It's just Mm -hmm. you have to go through the human experiences to deal with the death. And, you know, I think that in itself is the most horrific part. And for those of you who are going through that and are listening to this, we have literal bereavement counselors in our group. And they're there to help you. I mean, we had a lady who just graduated the other day with her master's in clinical counseling. And um, we have a lady who specializes in pet loss grief. So... 24-7, 24-7, there's somebody in our group and online to help take care of you. And what's our next question? So this is an interesting one that I also really like the question. If our pet is reincarnated several times, which form do they take in Rainbow Bridge and why? You get to answer my, that first. Well, from my learning from you, Brent, is <laughs> that because it's energy, it's not like as we imagine everything is very physical. We have a a very a sense that everything must be physically described. Correct. Whereas when you're in heaven or you're at Rainbow Bridge, there is no physicality. It's right. energy and it's a spiritual energy like a sparkle. But it's the energy that you recognize. It's not a physical form. So it will be whatever it is now to you, which is the energy of that animal or human, will be the same energy. So... They take no form as such. But now here's how a lot of people recognize them when they go to NDE experiences and they are seeing like there's a book by Dr. Ethan Alexander, who was the neurosurgeon that passed away, was in a coma for a week and went to the other side and came back. And he said, well, how could you describe them? Telepathically, when you're on the other side, if you are looking at a glowing orb or bright light or anything like that, you telepathically know that it's Martha or Sarah, or Fluffy, or Wiggly, or whomever your pet is that you had. It's a telepathic thing. Now, when you see them in a dream and they're dead, 
they normally, and this is from research that I've learned about, is that they normally come to you in a younger age and in a extremely healthy form. And that's to let you know that they're okay. Even if it's a bad dream or a nightmare, because we've had several people discuss nightmares that they have had after their pet died. But when they saw the pet, the pet was healthy and the pet was in a good physical form. So you're not going to see them if they are communicating with you or sending you signs in a dream, even if it's a bad dream. They're going to come to you in a physically healthy form to let you know it's them, it's okay. And this is about a dream scenario, not about the reality of them being beat up and laying around in heaven having been run over no they are in all there is they're there and you should see it i mean for those again who can see energy and for those who can't you can feel just the presence of the burst of the beauty and i'm sure as a hospice nurse you can feel the presence when it leaves the body and it becomes full again it's sort of like something was a prune and all just taken away and then all of a sudden You hear hospice nurses saying that when the spirit lifts out of the body from the shoulders and goes out the crown chakra, that you can just feel in the room just a magnificent presence for a split second. And that's that body reassembling into that sparkler, beautiful white light form that all the near-death people describe. So when even questioned in this recent book by Dr. Alexander is when they question, well, how did you know what it was? They all say, I just knew in my mind. I just knew exactly that that's who it was. And so that's that inherent energy recognizing energy rather than being locked into the parameters of the human going, well, it's about six and a half feet tall and four feet wide and brown hair with a little red on the side and freckles. That's just like you said, it's a human description. But once you get on the other side, the feeling is simply energy to energy recognition. That's why they have soul groups. And they have Octurians and Palladians and for all of those who are into everything like that and starseeds and, you know, yes, they recognize each other from the electromagnetics of it, not from the physical presence of it. The physical presence is usually only presented in dreams. Yeah, it's for recognition. Yeah. Okay, what's our last question for the day? Why would an animal want to come back from such a glorious, atmospheric, beautiful place and reincarnate back on Earth? You get first dibs at that one. Well, my, but this is going to be a me-only thought process here. I think uh, my thought would be the soul contract for that particular animal hasn't been complete yet. They've still got learning to do and teaching to do, and they are coming back to fulfill their contract. And another thing is sometimes they're also, I mean, the basic reason for coming back is loving and traveling on the journey, which is the basis of the contract traveling on the journey with their person and that's when it's like a unit of learning it's like two school pals okay let's go to earth and figure this out in this incarnation please don't let me out of the backyard so i get run over again did you get that in the last incarnation yeah Yeah. i got it so we both come back in this one and go let's learn not to eat four thousand hot dogs so we don't both get sick after the uh july 4th roast or something like that. So, yes, yep. it's about coming back for learning opportunities together and independent learning opportunities for both the animal and for the person. And um, it's all of it is about evolving into being the best and most balanced soul that you can be in the journey of your life and your life mm-hmm. being if you believe that life is a journey and for those who believe in reincarnation reincarnation is simply manifesting life after life after life until you have experienced enough that you have complete balance and the earth is a school 
where you go learn your lessons and come back and go, well, I don't think I'm going to do that in the next lifetime. I figured it out. I don't want to be there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in the next lifetime, you change and you do something else and you learn a little more. And it's all about evolving your soul. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, I, I, of course I agree, but I understand that concept and I, I do agree with it. And once you understand, as Coco is saying, the cycle of life, and you really don't have to embrace a reincarnation to believe that there's a cycle of life. Otherwise, I don't think that humans would just come to Earth and go, ah, that's it. And so my way of thinking came from the fact that I don't believe you just came once and it's like, ah, trips over. And that's yeah. how I learned to embrace reincarnation because I believe that God gives you do-overs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes pets coming back are do-overs. And humans, and humans are learning again. So unless there's another question, I think we're going to wrap this up today. No, there's no more questions. I think that's great. It's a great show. And um, I'm sure a lot of the members and a lot of listeners are going to really enjoy all the questions and the answers. And we totally invite everybody to come to our group. That's where we get a lot of our show ideas from because they have fabulous questions. And we hope we have fabulous answers. We invite you to read our books and come on soon. We're going to be teaching animal medical intuitive classes, which will teach you how to look inside an animal's body to help veterinarians with healing pets and for those who want to be an animal reincarnation communicator we're going to be having animal reincarnation classes so we'll look forward to seeing you and hope you have a wonderful evening and a wonderful morning for those of you across the pond and a wonderful afternoon of those in other areas of the world we look forward to seeing you next week and thank you for staying tuned And thank you for opening your mind to just consider that Rainbow Bridge is only half the story for pets coming back. Bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.